Coming up on today's episode of Real Talk Rentals, we're going to walk through the terminology of property management and give you a glossary and definitions for all those words that you may not know what they mean. Welcome back to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management. We're here to give you all the inside scoop on owning a rental property and everything that goes into managing it. I'm Ben, I'll be your host, and with me, as always, Mr. Eric Dixon, the go-to expert on all things rental property and real estate, especially here in Arizona. And in this episode, we're going to do something we probably should have done more towards the beginning. Um, We always talk about how we're in this every day, we're in it day to day, and there's things that we just take for granted that maybe everybody else doesn't know. So we got together and we compiled a list of terminology. It's a glossary, if you will, of all things property management, stuff that we say all the time that other people may not know exactly what it means. Yeah. Yeah, we should have done this at the, at the beginning. We were actually at a uh, a show last night, a local uh, improv type deal, and they picked my wife to pick a, a, a personal relationship type. And she was like, landlord, tenant. <laughs> and, and I was like, to us, that's just so normal, like yeah. landlord tenant relationship, whatever. And I'm just like, that's kind of just like a household uh, term. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, not many people talk about landlord tenant relationships. Sure. She's like, discuss five day notices. Yes, they're like, go. what? <laughs> like she's been listening to the pod, man. Yeah. So no, th- this will be good. It's kind of, uh, you know, uh, preparing for this. It's hilarious how like normal these terms are to us day to day. Yeah. And how to ever, some of the listeners are going to be like, yeah, you guys are weird. So. I, and full disclosure, some of these, I didn't know for like my first year working here because, you know, it wouldn't be in my department or whatever and be like, what are they always talking about hey, me over too, there? <laughs> we faked it till we made it on some of exactly. these for sure, for sure. All right. So let's start super high level and define property management. All right. So this is the, uh, I would say that just kind of general, the daily oversight of as a third party company, the daily oversight of all the finances, the rent collection, the uh, marketing, the leasing and the maintenance. Um, you know, if you hear too, within the real estate world in general, a lot of people call it PM too. Like they'll just yeah. hey, send it to the PMs, you know, and the real estate agents kind of are on their high horse. Like I, I was one just did sales sure. too. Um, you know, property managers are kind of seen as that redheaded stepchild type term. And you're just like, no, man, property management is pretty awesome. It's yeah. actually just as or more important than the the acquisition side. So realtors, uh, they love an acronym. Oh, yeah. You know, you no, give them something, honestly, they're going to shorten it up every time. You say property management. How about PM? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So next one, something we talk about all the time um, with our owners is market rate. All right. So the market rate, and you'll see this on pro formas or, you know, projected uh, analysis of a property. It's the anticipated rental rate. So the market rate isn't necessarily what the property's current lease rate is. It's the anticipated rate. If you were to get full, you know, the full rate today, um, you know, usually on a pro forma or an analysis, you'll say current rent and market rate are different. And it's like, Hey, we're currently getting 1200, but market is 14. Sure. You're not going to get 14 tomorrow when you buy the house maybe, but maybe as you renew it or you, that tenant yeah. moves and you know, you get another one. For a lot of people, I think this is to what they think of is it's like a Zestimate or whatever. Oh, yeah. Zillow. Oh, you, totally. know, when you type it in there. The rent Zestimate. Yep. Yeah. And we're constantly telling our owners that doesn't mean you're going to get this rate. Yeah. You know, this is a, it's an educated guess yep. of like what the best case scenario and sure, is. Sure. They have a good algorithm in there, but yes, yeah, so it doesn't take into account the condition and the backyard and different things. You know? Yeah. 
All right. So uh, next one, all the time you hear it, especially rentals, security deposit. So deposit, instead of the the other side of the coin would be a fee. This would be a deposit is a deposit by the resident or by the tenant held by the property management company or the broker, or if you're self-managing held by the landlord yeah. to cover you know certain situations if they don't fulfill the lease or if they leave damages. Right. Um, this is a relatively new one, at least to me for sure, but I know like at our company too, um, and that is a security deposit alternative. So that would be a, uh, a solution in lieu of a standard security deposit. What I mean by a standard security deposit um, would be your refundable deposit. You know, you paid at the beginning, the property management company or the landlord holds it for the duration of the lease, take deductions as needed at the end and refund the rest. A security deposit alternative has actually been very, very popular in multifamily for decades. It's been, okay. hey, I want to move in. I don't quite have the deposit. I've got good, good enough credit and qualifications. I just don't have the cash. And so I'd rather pay a fee every month in lieu of that deposit. And it's not like adding up to be the deposit. It's actually, it's literally a non-refundable fee that I am paying every month. So I don't have to pay that refundable deposit. And it's been very popular in the new built rent communities in the third party property management um, sector like we're in um, because people are, they're getting cash strapped. And the reason is, is because they're moving out of a rental and that property manager or landlord has their deposit tied up. And right. then they're applying for a new place and they're like, wait, I'm gonna have to pay another deposit. I haven't got my last deposit back yet. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, we're we have moving expenses, we have utility switchover, we have all this stuff. So it's been super successful, not just from like revenue and stuff, it's more successful from providing a solution where tenants don't have to write a multi thousand dollar check to move, sure, to move yeah. in anymore. All right. Um, we did a whole episode on this one, but disposition, or as we call it. A dispo. A dispo. You want to save the extra couple syllables there. Yeah. <laughs> so a disposition, it just details out the tenant's uh, breakdown of charges that apply against their security deposit or what is owed upon move out. Easy. Yep. Um, this is one I didn't know for a long time. Holding deposit. Yeah. So holding deposit, it's evolutionized as well. So this is, you know, once once you've applied on a property and you get approved, you have to pay some sort of deposit to hold it, right? It's like, hey, Ben, you were approved. Congratulations, you're moving in next month on the first, but that's in 20 days. We can't just say, hey, Ben, thanks. Just hang out and then we'll let you move in. You have to actually put some skin in the game and pay a non-refundable deposit that goes towards your move-in costs. So for us, once that holding deposit is paid, the landlord, our client knows that, hey, that person's not going to walk away from that deposit. Or sure. if they do, I'm going to keep it and they can move. they can move on. So it's kind of it's just that money due after an application is processed and, and approved. All right. Um, next one, rent concessions. Rent concessions. So any any discount or um, adjustment made, and I'll get give an example that's a true life example. Is we I had a property that uh, had a washer dryer, and they moved in, and the day they moved in, they're like, "Hey, these aren't working," or one of them wasn't working, or something. So rather than they offered said, Hey, how about you don't fix it and just give me 25 bucks a month concession each month and I'll, right. I'll get my own or something. And, and I think the way it worked out is they're like, actually take both washer and dryer. I'll provide my own, but give me a $50 a month reduction or concession. Sure. And so it's really just like a negotiated discount or adjustment made. And usually you want to make sure it's a win-win. It was a win for the tenant. They actually proposed the idea and it was a win for me because I didn't have to fork up 
you know, the repair cost or the replacement cost of the appliance. Sure. So that's real life example. All right. Uh, pet deposit and pet ramp kind of put these together because they go hand in hand. Yeah. So um, with a pet, again, the, the biggest differentiator is the deposit versus a fee. Um, a pet rent is a fee. Pet deposit is a deposit. So a deposit is always refundable. A fee or a you know pet rent is non-refundable. And so it actually used to be, you know, a decade ago when when I was in the leasing game, the uh, pet deposits were very popular. And it's like, yeah, I'll put $250 down. It's refundable if I leave the place in good shape. But the landlord didn't get the benefit of extra rent every month. And so it's sure. kind of switched where there's less and less pet deposits and more and more pet fees. And it's one of those things, you know, if you're a tenant that's there for five years, you're like, man, I wish I could have done a deposit. Right. It's a one-time refundable deal because pet rent for five years adds up. Sure. But on the other side of the coin, the landlord likes the pet rent. So yeah. um, it kind of just depends. Um, you know, just just know that both are an option. Typically it's not an option to do to do both on one lease. Sure. Pay, pay a pet deposit and pay pet rent. Yeah. Um, there are instances where that's the case, but that's rare. It's funny. I mean, pets have become basically people in relationships, oh, right? Totally. And yeah. you know, people will be like, why do I have to pay for rent for this? And it's like, well, you, you call that your child, you yeah. know, if it was <laughs> a person, it would have to be on the lease, you know, <laughs> yeah. you would have had to do all those things. So, all right. Um, another very important one, uh, fair housing act. Yeah. So I actually, I, I wrote this one down word for word, cause you don't want to mess it up. The fair housing act and fair housing in general is very important. Take it very serious. So the fair housing act, it protects people from discrimination when they are renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing related activities. So it pertains to you if you own real estate. Yeah. Even if you own a primary residence, it it pertains to you if you're ever going to rent it out, if you're going to do short term, long term, right. um, or, or or do anything. You're under certain federal guidelines with the Fair Housing Act. Yeah. And, and if you hire a property manager and you're doing something intentional or not, and they say, oh, that's actually against fair housing, don't, you're not going to win that fight. Yeah. <laughs> don't be like, no, it's okay if we do that. Like, no. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we use it as a, a way to educate. So, and I keep on saying these just happened, but literally yesterday, uh, a property manager came in and we had a client that was concerned that an application got approved because of a qualification. And I was like, well, you can't decline them for that. If you were to decline them for that reason, you know, specifically, then it's against the Fair Housing Act and we can't do business. Like if you're going to put your foot down to do that, we have to cancel immediately, yeah. give their money back. Like we have to tell them, sorry, we're not managing this property anymore. And and we said that in a nice way. And the owner's like, oh, I didn't realize this was that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, you know? I think and that's usually the case, right? Most they, people they are. Re they really had great intentions. Yeah. And I think that they're just like, hey, look, I just didn't want pets. And I'm like, it's an ESA animal with documentation. Yeah. You can't say no, you know, and that's with fair housing, you know? Um, so it, it's a real thing. I think for the most part, maybe the listeners are, are landlords. You just gotta, you gotta realize that this is a business and you have certain federal guidelines you have to follow. Yeah. And if you don't like those and you don't like participating them in those being a landlord's not for you. Yeah. Go buy <laughs> some crypto or something. Yeah, short and sweet. All right. Uh, next one, notice to vacate. So this is a notice that is written, so it has to be in writing by the landlord or the property management company or the resident giving notice to to move out or to end lease. So um, for a tenant or a resident, it would be letting the landlord know, hey, I'm moving out at the end of the lease. Here's my 
you know, notice to vacate. If it's the property manager or landlord, you're, you're providing the written notice that you don't want to renew the lease. And it could be because you want to sell, could be you want to do some renovations and up the rent um, or, you know, something like that. All right. This is one we've been refining our process here and doing all sorts of stuff. So I truly thought I knew what this one was and I did not until we got into it here <laughs> in the office. And that is five-day notice. Okay. So the five-day notice, and I'm speaking from Arizona, so I, I don't know the case in, in other states, but it's very often misunderstood. A five-day notice for non-paying or for not paying rent on time does not mean that you're five days late on rent. It right. means that once you receive this notice, you have five days to make to make right of what you owe before you can take further action, you know? And so it gets confusing because it does say five day notice and in your head, you're like, hey, yeah. rent's due on the first. If I'm five days late, I'll get a five day notice. You know, And I'll it just so happened that here at OnQ, we sent it out on the fifth on of the each fifth. month. And, so, and, then, and then if the <laughs> fifth lands on a weekend, it's going out on the third, if it lands, yeah. you know, whatever. So, you know, we send out five days on the fourth and it does not mean you're five days late. Right. You know, it's a certified letter that says you have not paid rent on the first, second, or third, your grace period. At the third at midnight, you are now subject to late fees and whatever. And so um, that's when the five-day notice goes out. Well, they don't even get it by certified mail until, let's say, it goes out on the fourth, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe the seventh. They go to the post office and get it. And so it's like, you know, we have to... It's we five have, days from when they receive it, right? Yeah. And so, and when it was delivered. Delivered. So, and, and it's tracked. So we basically, we send it on the fourth. We have to give five days for delivery and five days to pay. So it's basically 10 days. Yeah. So we still can't send it to the attorney for an eviction until the 14th or 15th or 16th, depending on where the weekends lie. You right. Know? So it's not like, it's misunderstood in that it's not the five days, but it's also misunderstood that if you get that letter, it does not mean you're evicted. Right. It's right. like we get a couple calls that, are, Hey, I just got this notice. I'm so sorry this happened. It's like, Hey, it's okay. You know, you, may have, you, know. you have a little late fee here and there, but it's not that we're not trying to evict you. Yeah. It's just that we have to, we have to check this box that we made this uh, notice and got it out so that if you don't follow through that right. the landlord has recourse. All right. Speaking of recourse, we did a whole episode on this too. Eviction. So, Plainly or simply, I should say, it's the legal process to remove a resident from a rental for a valid reason. So it's it's the legal process through the court system. It could be unpaid rent. It could be unauthorized occupancy, unauthorized pet. It could be, you know, damage that uh, it could be criminal activity, you know, for a legitimate reason going through the court system and evicting them. So um, we, we hate doing it. Yeah. I, it's a it's a horrible thing, but it is a tool that protects the landlord that that we do have to exercise on occasion. All right. This next one, while we were putting this list together, I told you that when I first started here, I I didn't ask what this meant and I had a whole different definition in my mind, which is multifamily. And I thought that meant multiple families living in a house. Oh, yeah. I was like that's weird that we would do that. But <laughs> <laughs> That's more the, uh, what do they call it? Like multi-generational. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and I'll kind of just combine the next two. Um, so multifamily versus single family, right. right? So multifamily, essentially multiple housing units under one building or under one roof. So a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is like we're, there's a multifamily place we manage that's 
13 fourplexes side by side by side by side. Yeah. And it's a multifamily kind of complex, but they're just buildings of four units, you know, in a, in a line right there. Yeah. Um, so that's multifamily. And then single family, it's designed for one family or household. It's oftentimes detached. It could be attached like a townhome or, town or yeah. you know, a single family dwelling. Um, but multifamily and single family, usually your multifamily is two or more units. Um, it's residential. This is a more of an offshoot is residential. If it's four units or less, you can get residential financing. Um, and it's considered residential. If it's five units or more, it's commercial. Okay. It's kind of a side note. Um, this one, shout out to your wife, uh, landlord tenant act. Oh, let's go. It was actually hilarious last night at improv <laughs> the, you know, the, uh, they were doing a thing about non-payment of rent and shaming them and letting the whole complex know that they, they posted their five day notice on the door. And anyway, so we're able to do, you know, you're able to have protections for the tenant and the landlord because of the federal or the, the state of Arizona landlord and tenant act. Um, they probably have very similar ones in every state. Yeah. Um, but in Arizona, there's actually two that's kind of a, that most people don't know about. There's your standard rental housing one. And then there's okay. your, your mobile home park one. And so interesting. They, they're a little different, not huge variances, but if you do own mobile homes in a mobile home park, there is a separate um, tenant landlord act that you need to become familiar with. Um, but it, it pertains to just your standard rental housing. Um, and it's how we govern what we're able to do. Yeah. All right. Um, guarantor. The guarantor, a person, organization or thing that guarantees something. I had to look up like, I couldn't put it in my own words. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> There's it, so many of these that were like, I know, uh, what, I know that what that is, but how do I write that down? I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just Google it, man. <laughs> no, but uh, in practice, day to day, a guarantor for us is on an application and it happens one of two ways. Some people know right up front, I'm not going to get approved. So I'm going to have my mom, my dad, my sister, brother, whatever, yeah. co-sign with me. That's another term that's kind of like guarantor, a co-signer. Um, and I'm going to have them apply with me. So right. we're going to check the applicant's credit and then their guarantor. The guarantor in practice doesn't live at the property. They're just guaranteeing the financial part of it. So we don't check the criminal background of a guarantor. Uh, we don't check, you know, sex offender check, you know, that sort of stuff. It's just financial and credit yeah. because they're not living in the home. They're not in the vicinity. They're not going to the house. It could be somebody out of state. Um, but it's their financial ability to make right if the two applicants or the one applicant that's uh, applying doesn't uh, get approved on their own. Yeah. You see this a lot with um, young people that it's like oh, yeah, their first place, their, their first, first place renting yeah. and they have no credit history, no rental history. Yeah. And it's like, if I don't have somebody back me up on this, there's no way I'm going to get approved. Yeah. Nope. Totally. Um, all right. Renters insurance. So renters insurance. Um, protects the personal property in a rented house. So um, in an instance like uh, like theft, somebody breaks the window in a house you're renting and they steal your laptop, the owner's insurance could cover the window depending on their coverage, but they right. would not cover the tenant's laptop. You know, $2,000 laptop is going to be covered by the renter's insurance and they'd make sure. a claim, pay deductible, you know, and have coverage there. Um, there's even circumstances like, yeah, if there's a fire and the house burns down, the owner's insurance will rebuild the house, but they're not going to replace all your contents. Yeah. And so it is your your responsibility as the renter or tenant there to to have renter's insurance. All right. 
This is one that I did not know for the longest time working here, and that is owner draw. Yeah, so this it is interesting because we we say it all the time, every day here, and we're like, oh yeah, send the owner a draw. Yeah, it's or accounting it. will send out a message to the group, you know, chat for the office and say we're doing owner draws. Don't yeah. don't bother us for yeah. an hour. And, and like, it's funny that, that the brand new employees are just like, what's an owner? I'm not going to be the one to ask. So <laughs> everyone seems to know. <laughs> yeah. So the. Uh, you know, in in the business world, it makes sense. You're taking a draw from the profits or a draw from dividends quarterly or whatever. As far as property management is concerned and the software we use for, mm-hmm. for sending the owner the net income for the month, we're sending you a draw. And so going to the next one, uh, kind of jumping ahead, is the opposite of that, is the contribution. So an owner contribution is the owner of the property contributing funds to the property manager to use for expenses. Yeah. And an owner draw is the net the net income that we send you every month. So, you know, hopefully you have an owner draw every month and not an sure. owner contribution every month. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you're an owner contribution, that's me this month. Uh, I had to replace an AC yesterday. So, it's uh, you know, not not going to get a draw on that property no. this month, but we're we're going to have to contribute do an owner contribution to cover the AC unit replacement right. this month. And then next month when rent comes in minus the management fee or whatever, my net income will be my draw. So it's really just the lingo. Again, that's why we're doing this. The property management lingo is yeah. an owner draw is sending the owner money. Owner contribution is sending the property manager money. Yeah. What really helped me was when we were doing this, um, you made the point that it really, it, you have to think of the home as an investment, right? Oh, yeah. And then in the same way that if you had stock or yeah. you know 401k and you wanted money from that, You'd be drawing you, from you, it. You would draw from it. Exactly. You know, so it's a, the same thing. And it makes perfect sense when you think about it like that. But for the longest time, I just didn't want to be the guy asking in the chat. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm not making ads about owner draws. So I'm not yeah. going to worry about this right now. <laughs> just the marketing guy? <laughs> yeah. No, but the uh, y- your example is exactly it. We were talking about it. It's that, that stock that is paying dividends and oftentimes... You know, you have to treat your house, your rental like an investment. And it's different because there are ways to mortgage and stuff. And with stocks, it's different. But in the same light, you're not depending on your stock going up in a dividend every month to live. And if you treat your rental like that, it'll be be all the better. All right. Last one, something we've been talking about a ton here in the office, and that is pocket listing. Yeah. So pocket listing, it's an off-market an off-market listing, sometimes not even marketed. You know, it's uh, and I'll give a couple examples. And this is where we draw a lot of our interest of investors coming to on queue is we have, you know, thousands of properties we manage. And some of those owners want to sell, but they're either in the middle of a lease. So it's a hard property to market and you don't want to bother the tenant. And, you know, you sometimes you can't get full market rate if it's rented because sure. the cash on cash returns bad or whatever. And so we'll talk to our real estate team and we'll just say, hey, Ben, for example, you have this property. If I could bring a buyer to you for 300,000, would you be interested? Oh, heck yeah, man. If you can bring me that buyer yeah. without marketing it. And then on the other side, we have owners and people calling in that say, hey, I want to buy a $300,000 house. Yeah. And then we match up the list. You know, hey, these off-market listings, pocket listings, as we call them. Yeah. And then these other investors, and we try and pair them together to create these off-market deals. And they're they're not underground or you know, illegal or any of that. Sure. It's, it's really just, they're not your conventional list on the MLS, um, going through showings and all of that stuff. And we're not really, we're not marketing them. You know, they're not on our website for, yeah. 
for sale. If they were, we'd have to have a listing agreement and they'd have to go on. But these are just, you know, the off market, we think the owner's willing to sell for about this range. We have this buyer that's looking in about this range and we just try and pair Yeah. Yeah. It's really those investors. Cause unlike somebody, you know, that would normally come and say, Hey, I'm looking for a three bedroom, two bath in Gilbert, you know, for for my family. This is somebody who says, I've got X amount. I yep. want an investment property. Yep. And the numbers have to make sense. So yeah, we, we and just kinda, that's it. We just kind of work the numbers and it, it's a win, 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 win in the case that the owner gets to sell it, doesn't have to wait till the tenant moves out. The tenant's happy because they don't have to do showings and put it on the market and have a sign in the yard and a lockbox. Right. Us as the property manager are stoked because we're help, we're going to retain the management. And then the real estate, we can save them. We can save the buyer and the seller side commissions because we're helping the buyer and the seller. So it can be potentially a four-way win if it if all the stars align on those. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our list. I feel like we could probably do a part two someday because I'm sure yeah, there, there's a, a lot of just weird things. Between, yeah. <laughs> between the acronyms and just uh, stuff we say without noticing. Absolutely. You know, that's yeah. there's a lot. All right. So that's it for us this time. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review. It really helps out. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>